Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to Sully Baseball Daily, the podcast we talk about baseball 365 days a year, unless it's a leap year, and then we're going to do another one. I've been doing this every single day since October 24th, 2012. It's now the fourth day of August, 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I'm recording this from Sully Baseball Studio in Palo Alto, California, the birthplace of Oakland A's manager, Bob Melvin, and just down the 101 from AT&T Park, the home of the San Francisco Giants. Hey, uh, I yesterday... I posted my podcast, and I realized that the opening music sting wasn't on it. I apologize. I do 365 of these a year. And you know what? This year I'm doing 366 of them. And every once in a while, your pal Sully's going to trip and stub his toe and make a mistake. And you know what I don't do? I don't go back and correct him. If you need to... You can send your complaints my way, a few of you did, but the fact of the matter is, I just move on to the next one. I apologize, and I move on. Hey, there's a main topic I'm going to talk about today, but before I get to it, I want to just go over something really quickly and watch me go on a tangent. This becomes the entire podcast. Uh, Actually, it's not going to be the entire podcast because I haven't done enough homework on this. But uh, I mentioned it is it is now the fourth day of August 2016. We are past the All-Star break. We are past the trade deadline. We're in the final third of the season. This is the time of the year where you basically, you're going down the ski jump. You are what you are. You're either a contender or you're not. And you've had that last day, which was the final day of July or the first day of August, as it was this year, to basically make that decision. Yep, I am going to be a contender. I am not going to be a contender. And the result is, well, most of the teams that we thought were going to contend in the National League are indeed contending in. And it was very easy to draw a line between, okay, who are the teams that are going to be contending this year? Well, you knew it was going to be the Cubs. You knew it was going to be San Francisco. You knew it was going to be Washington. You knew it was going to be the Mets. You knew it was going to be the Carters. You knew it was going to be the Pirates. You knew it was going to be Los Angeles. And maybe there was an outside chance that either Arizona or Miami would would barge their way in. And it looks like Miami has elbowed their way in for a wild card contention. Have you noticed something? Have you noticed something out here in the West? Now, the Giants have not been playing well. They've lost seven of their last ten games. And I keep reassuring my father, who is going to be on the ledge of the Dumbarton Bridge, uh, ready to jump pretty soon, by the way. The Giants have been playing in yet another extra inning loss, yet another game which they absolutely should have won to Philadelphia of all teams. And here we are, another Giants loss. They've lost seven of their last ten. The big lead they had in the NL West is now down to a mere two games. But if you're a Giants fan, look, at not that you root for injuries to anybody, but for goodness sakes, the fact that the Dodgers just put Clayton Kershaw on the 60-day disabled list means that you know the chances of him coming back this year are slim to none. So if the Dodgers are going to make up ground, they're going to have to do so without... Clayton Kershaw, and they're, right now the Dodgers are in first place in the wild card hunt, but St. Louis is coming on fast, and 
you know, the couple of the teams like the Marlins have lost their last few games and the you know the Mets and the Pirates are hanging around. But, you know, and, and I think I do think the Dodgers will fall out. I think the Cardinals are gonna go in there and some combination of Miami, Mets or Pittsburgh or St. Louis are gonna be that other wild card team. But did you notice? Currently winning eight of their last ten games, back to back victories, including a, a defeat of Los Angeles. Have you noticed the Colorado Rockies are right now, as I'm recording this, only three games out of a playoff spot? And they just lost Trevor Story, who's the great, well, story of this Rockies team. Guy coming out of nowhere, clubbing all these home runs left and right and, and putting together big-time numbers in Colorado. Well, he's going to be lost for the rest of the year, and obviously... That's going to be a tremendous impact on the team. But the Rockies are only three games out of a playoff spot. And the Mets can't get out of their own way. The Pirates seem to be sputtering. They just can't get a big winning streak going. Uh, L.A. has just lost Kershaw. They will eventually go on a big tailspin. And St. Louis, well, St. Louis is just solid. And they'll probably be one of the wildcard teams. But the idea of the Colorado Rockies, you know, being a contender, I mean, they're, they're above 500. I mean, it's not that they're a world-beating team. They are currently 54 and 53. They're one game over 500. But they're only three games out of a playoff spot. And those teams in front of them are vulnerable. Could we see Colorado... Call a freaking Rotto? One of the teams that everyone absolutely assumed was going to be not just bad, I thought they were going to be a hundred loss team. They could put together a winning season. They have a winning season, and it's August. So they just have to play, you know, 500 or one game better to clinch a winning season for this year. And I'm not going to lie to you. I have no idea how they're doing it. This will be something I talk about. Um, well, maybe it's what I'll talk about on Friday. I don't know. But I'm going to have to do a deep dive on the Colorado Rockies because I don't get it. And I'm going to guess that you don't get it either. But, man, can you imagine if in this year where we're thinking, like, oh, is it going to be the Cubs this, is it going to be the Cubs that, or even year for the Giants, or or you know, the, the Washington Nationals finally pulling it together. What if it was the Rockies? I mean, I, it, it, would that just be too surreal? I would hate to think what that would mean for future managerial hires, that teams will just go to high schools and try to see what former players are currently coaching a high school team and would they be able to take over the managerial reins of a major league baseball team. It keeps looking like a typo, but you know what? You know what? I got to be rooting for the, for the Rockies for this main reason, that it's so unpredictable. It's so bizarre. It's so something that was off of everyone's radar. I just like the idea of the Rockies, one of the teams that has not made the postseason this decade, just taking off saying, okay, here we are. We made our appearance. I don't know. I just, I don't know how they're doing it. 
I assume it has to do with Nelson Arenado. I'm assuming it has to do with some big-time hitters and everything like that. But I will show you this. Obviously, I have a little bit of bias because I don't follow the Rockies that much, and chances are you don't either. But wouldn't this be something? You know, the year the Rockies won the pennant, and they got swept by the Red Sox, but they won the pennant, and they won the they won the wild card by you know, winning, basically winning out the last couple of weeks in September and playing that wild one-game playoff with San Diego. And winner would be the wild card, and the Rockies won the won that game in that in that surreal game, and then went on to beat the uh, the Phillies and then the Diamondbacks to go on to the World Series. So it took it, it you know 162 games were not enough. It needed 163 games, and if you went back a couple of weeks prior. You know the the Padres looked like they were absolutely in control of getting at least the wild card spot, if not the NL West, and the Rockies looked like well they're gonna have a nice winning season, but they're not quite a playoff team. And then those final couple of weeks, the aft thrusters went on, and they caught everyone and forced the one game playoff. The interesting thing to me is that that, that took 162 games plus a playoff game in order to determine the wild card that year. 162. There's a certain, I don't know why that number seems like it's so authoritative to say, yep, that's the exact number of games that we need to make a baseball season work. But it used to not be that. It used to be 154 games. And that seemed like the right amount. Quite frankly, I didn't mind it being 144 games in the post uh, 1995 strike slash lockout. Uh, situation with uh, baseball that year. But there's been rumblings, there's been talk. I don't think it's going to happen. But with the collective bargaining agreement ready to be uh, renewed this winter, and the the great legacy of the, the one positive thing that came out of the baseball strike in uh, 1994 and the lockout in 1995 was the fact that it's basically scared straight everyone. And you know, we have a collective bargaining agreement which is going to be up for renewal. And you're not hearing things like you know a strike or a work stoppage or something like that, which used to be just an absolute given you know, uh, 20-some-odd years ago. So I mean, that's a positive thing. But the notion of a 154-game schedule as opposed to a 162-game schedule has been floated around, and it is something that could be considered in the upcoming collective bargaining. Now, I don't know if it's going to happen, as I said before, but I have to say, I hope it does. Not because I don't love baseball. Clearly, I love baseball. I do this many podcasts a year. I have to have at least some love for the game. But 154, dropping eight games from the schedule. Four home games, four road games. It probably won't happen because owners will probably not be, right, not be set to give up four home games a year. Of which I kind of say, do you know what? There's so many positive things that can happen in the shortening of the schedule that losing four gates is not going to be the end of the world. 
First of all, I think it may... I mean, you could really make the argument you can short the season to 140 games, but let's let's keep it to 154, okay? Now, what that would mean is this. You know, the negatives would be you lose some of the gate, sure. And by having some of the pitchers be more rested, I think it was uh, Ken Rosenthal brought this up, that you could see uh, some of the managers mix and match relievers left and right and really slow down the pace of the game at the end of the game. Okay, that could be a possibility. But, think of this. First of all, you can have, let's say you have Monday be kind of free and open in baseball. That that's kind of your, uh, that's kind of your open space game. That's your open space day for a team. Now, if a, if a game is rained out on a Sunday, you can make it up on the Monday morning, you know, the Monday afternoon, and have it be a getaway game. Okay. The other thing that happens is, well, first of all, it will make some of the records mean a little bit more. If you can top Barry Bonds' 73 home runs in 154 games, then do you know what? Uh... I tip my hat to you. I don't care how big your hat is and how many roids you're taking. If you do that in 154 games, then more power to you. Also, there's a certain, well, there's a certain amount of preciousness or a, a value if there's fewer of something. You know, if you, if you only have 154 games as opposed to 162 games, you know, it doesn't stretch the season out. It's like taking a week off of the season, a little more than a week off of the season, and forces teams down the stretch that they don't have as much time to make up ground. You know, one of the things is if you, there's some fewer of something, it becomes more valuable. But I think one of the major things, and this could be one of the things that is the biggest coup for the players, and also let's face it, for the owners too, is having those extra days off. You make sure that team plays five days out of the week. All right? You make them two days off. Five games a week. I don't know how you work that out, but that's how it is. And you get that moment. You get two days of rest. And you're not blowing some of these arms out. Clayton Kershaw just got put on the 60-day disabled list. He's probably not coming back this year. He is the Dodgers. He's the Dodgers' highest paid player. He has, play, he has paid an extraordinary amount of money. And the entire, well, hope of a Dodgers season and World Series rests on his left arm. You wouldn't have some of the stress you have on a player if you have the two days off a week and you have 154 as opposed to 162. The need to do things like amphetamines, the need to do things like, oh, I don't know, you know, greenies and things like that, or performance-enhancing drugs to build up your speed and strength and endurance and healing time would not be as great if there was built-in rest in the season. And when you're considering what that means, okay, this could mean potentially healthier players, 
which means protecting the investment, which means if you're spending all this money, not just on the Clayton Kershaw's of the world, but on the relievers and everything else, that you're in a situation where you could help protect those arms and not blow them out and not wear them out. Isn't that a positive thing? And you have fewer games, so it becomes a greater draw to get to the games that you can go to. You have healthier pitchers, because I want the healthiest pitchers. I want a healthy pitching staff in the postseason. And you have maybe not complete lack of uh, performance answer drugs, so there'll always be that issue in baseball, but less of a need for the casual performance anti drugs or the casual use of amphetamines and all the different things that are used to perk up players as opposed to five-hour energy, which is being hawked by Jose Fernandez on my MLB.com app. As if there's much of a difference between amphetamines and taking the five-hour energy. I don't know what the hell's in that bottle. Neither do you. No one does. It's just vague. It's five-hour energy, whatever the heck that means. Was I talking in the microphone the wrong way? I think I have the microphone turned the wrong way. I got news for you. If it sounded weird, I apologize. But it's too late for me to re-record that. I think I had this setting on this microphone the wrong way. Wouldn't that be something? I've done how many of these? 1,300 some odd? And didn't I say at the beginning of this I forgot to put the music on at the top? Sometimes I screw up. Well, like the baseball season, you screw up one day, you dust yourself off, and you get in the next. Although I'm basically urging them to cut down the number of games. And by doing the 154 games, we move one step closer to my dream schedule of baseball. And that is to have the season end on Labor Day. Now, to do my method it would mean fewer days off but let's first get used to the 154 game schedule and then figure out how we can shift it back three or four weeks so the season ends around labor day and the playoffs are in september and the world series ends in the first week of october the way it should think about that 154 game schedule not out of nostalgia i've talked enough about how i'm not crazy about nostalgia but it would, yeah, you would lose four games at home. But aren't you not drawn that well down the stretch anyway? Aren't there enough stadiums that are empty? You know what? Well, we'll lose four of those games for a healthy pitcher and a greater sense of urgency to go to the game. I don't know. To me, I think it's worth thinking about. And obviously, I think it's worth talking about. Even if I had the microphone turned the wrong way. Oh, man. It never rains, but it pours. Uh, who won baseball? Um, let's see. Joe Maurer had a great game. Yanhiris uh, Salarte. Yanhiris Salarte. I never could pronounce his name. Uh, Max Scherzer and Hisashi Iwakuma both pitched great games. Iwakuma shut down my beloved Red Sox. Uh, half Wobs. To Mike Napoli, Neil Walker, Chris Sale, no longer cutting up the uniforms, pitched really well again, and Tom Kaler, Kohler. Is that? Oh, God. It's, I don't know how to pronounce things. I'm talking to the microphone the wrong way. Oh, man. I need to cut down the number of podcasts I do here. Nope. 
can't do that. I'm on too many amphetamines to stop. Go to sullybaseball.com. Like me on Facebook, subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, Twitter, Stitcher, Instagram. I'm everywhere. The music is by Ted Thacker and Patrick Kaliski, and I'll play both of them today. This has been the not exactly perfect Sully Baseball Daily Podcast for the fourth day of August 2016. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully.